was that? Was that Rangers? Is that what they were doing? Rangers. They were yeah. they're excited. All Malik Tillman, James Sands. Uh, deserved. I'm sorry. I know you're a big Guti fan. Um, eliminated Guti. PSVR out. Thank you. Yes. Maybe next time. But good to see you again, my man. Good to see you as well. Seb Salazar still on Little League World Series duty, but that doesn't mean he won't be featured on the show. Of course, we will go on Rangers' big achievement to make it to the Champions League, and of course, with great American representation, but a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Jordan Pifok and Seb Salazar, uh, he will answer the yeah. toughest question. He will. Everybody is wondering the same. I don't want to go ahead. We're going to save I've it. I've already just... put it on Twitter. I know. Yeah. But maybe not everyone follows can, you on can Twitter. I, can I just say, producer Beto said that Seb Salazar recorded this out of a Chuck E. Cheese. So. That's no surprise. I mean, to surprise to no one. Absolutely. Um, so, great show. Stick around. Remember to download Football America's podcast available wherever you download your podcast. But let's start talking Mexican soccer. Club America on a roll, man. They're on fire. They went on and played at Querétaro, got the win. It was not an easy one, but Herc, that's the fifth win in a row for Club America. In that span, they scored 16 goals and only conceded once. They're looking red hot right now. Yeah, how about you put some B-roll of the other games? This game put me to sleep. No, oh, no. my goodness. Second half was intense. Uh, Look at Henry Martin with the assist. Intense for my eyes. I couldn't keep them open. What a... Barn burner, but they've been on fire. I mean, whatever you want to ask of a team, hey, you need to wake up. Dan Ortiz got them to wake up, and it's been impressive. And now they're getting some help. LAFC is transferring Brian Rodriguez to Club America. The agreement is reportedly for $6 million and 20% of a future transfer. Rodriguez arrived in 2019 in LA as a designated player. He also played on loan in Spain's second division with uh, Almeria. This is, a, Almeria, this is a big move for Brian Rodriguez. This is a good sell for LAFC, but is this is actually a luxury acquisition by Club America. Yeah, but I thought that's what Club America was. They were un equipo grande. You said was, not is. Oh, is, was. That not they, is that not what they are? They're not big spenders anymore. They're not a Club Grande? But they're not, I'm they're not big spenders. Grande. Two different things. The, why, that's why I'm asking they you are, if they're Club they Grande. Are, they you are brought el, in big spenders. Not un Club Grande, uh. el más grande. The <laughs> biggest club in football see, Mexicano. today all the money is up north. Today all the luxury is up north. So while teams like Tigres and while teams like Monterrey are allowed to have a surplus of firepower like this. Oh, they've got two or three in every line. All of a sudden, people want to criticize and they want to pull apart something like this with Brian Rodriguez to Club America. This is what a team like Club America is supposed to have depth. They're supposed to be like, we've got so many players in so many positions because somos un equipo grande. So I don't see the problem with this. Uh, I do see a small problem with this. Okay. When is he going to play? Where is he going to play? Number one. Number two, is he going to start? He's not going to start. He's, and I was checking his stats. We'll go a little bit deeper on this. But Brian Rodriguez, he's going to compete one-on-one -on -one with Alejandro Sendejas, who's having a season, by the way. And, of course, we'll talk Alejandro Sendejas for a different reason upcoming next. On the other side, on the left-hand side, Cabecita Rodriguez. 
America spent a lot of money on Cabecita Rodriguez, who's picking up the pace. Richard Sanchez, different know, position. Different position, yeah. He's, he's, he's not, he's not no, going to be a competitor, there. but Sendejas and Rodriguez but you're are only starting Roger, to play. There's some competition, especially out wide. Especially Salvador Reyes. Salvador Reyes, especially the way that Tan Ortiz wants to play with this Club America. Uh, you're going to get the most dangerous players outside. Cabecita Rodriguez wasn't effective in the middle. Guess where he is? Outside on the left. And Brian Rodriguez has operated on the left. He's operated on the right. He's proven to be, uh, he's shown flashes of being a good player. I should say that instead of proven to be. He's dangerous, yes. But Alejandro Sendejas and Cabecita Rodriguez are just your most productive players outside of Henry Martin, who's the nine. That's not my opinion. Those are just numbers. This is a heat map for Brian Rodriguez with LAFC. As you can see, played most of the time starting on the left-hand side as a left winger, allowing Carlos Vela to play where Carlos Vela feels the most comfortable, which is on the right-hand side. You know what's funny? It says he played 27 games as a right wing slash midfielder, 21 on the left, and yet most of the heat map is on the left, yeah, so he feels more impact. comfortable. So he feels more comfortable on the left, but he's played probably even more on the right. I should say he's had a more impactful time on the left. Uh, the idea, as I was told by someone who knows the Club America uh, deep thoughts, is that maybe for next season, Alejandro Sendejas could play on a different position. Yeah. If that happens, that would open up the right-hand side for someone like Brian Rodriguez. Uh, let's remember something. When Santiago Solari was the manager, that's the position. What wanted. was his demand constantly? A right winger. Yeah. He never got. Well, he, they got uh, Sendejas, but also another player for Santos who they let go that's this right. season. Yes. Uh, but they needed to reinforce that spot on the field. So if Ryan Rodriguez feels comfortable playing as he has done with the, with the uh, Uruguayan national team starting from the right-hand side, then he can have an impact on Club America. But as of now, he will be only a role player. Yeah, but you're, you're thinking, you're being too short-sighted with this. This is a player that right now costs you $6 million. He's going to go to yeah. the World Cup with Uruguay. Most likely, he's yes. He's played a lot of games with Uruguay. And he's only 23. If, and he's only 23. If he has a good World Cup, you could double that on a future sale to Europe. I think it's a, a good piece of business, and that's why there's a 20% add-on in the back end for LAFC. They think there's going to be a future sale as well. Plus, if he doesn't leave, well, you get a player that can maybe be impactful for you and your league. This is what big teams do. Yeah, and I, and I think we can all agree that uh, LAFC paid a lot of money for him, close to $10 million. He was a designated player. I don't think they got their money's worth. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, well, I just don't think... He performed the way the club expected him to do. Yeah, or anybody else. And, and, and the reason why is this is a player, when he got to LAFC, uh, Max Bredos, our good friend, interviewed him in-house, Max Bredos, and asked him, hey, there's a lot of people here who maybe aren't familiar with you or your style. Who would you compare yourself out there to? The man stone face looked at Max Bredos and said, Neymar. Yeah. He said, I would compare myself to Neymar. He's been few and far between like Neymar on the field, more like Neymar in Carnival. You know, that's as close as you're <laughs> no. going to get, wow. but not on the field. I'm just saying that's it's not yeah. neither here nor there because he wasn't that consistent. But when we saw flashes of him, and I'm going back to El Trafico, the game where he takes like four guys down the left-hand side, slishing and slashing, and then roofs it on the goalkeeper. I mean, those moments made you think he could be one of the top players in the league, but there were very few of those. Now, Rodriguez's departure opens up a very good spot in the roster for LAFC, especially... 
inching a bit closer to signing Cristian Tello from Spain on a free transfer. Tello played 34 league games last season with Betis. He won La Copa del Rey. And the report is that he's very close to agreeing on a contract with LAFC. Now, if it happens... Don't ask me how this is going to I mean, they're still doing it. They're still doing it, right? LAFC is still doing it. But if he actually lands in California and plays for LAFC, is this an upgrade going from Brian Rodriguez to Cristian Tello? Yes, just start at the resume. Cristian Tello is 31 years old with a wealth of experience in La Liga. He's played Serie A, Champions League experience as well. He's a, he's a player with very much still a lot to offer. Product of La Masia Product in Barcelona. Masia, a very good player. And if that name sounds familiar, there's a reason. This is the player that kept Diego Lainez on the bench for the better part of three years. <laughs> yeah, that's He's right. a very good player. And if you could bring in Cristian Tello, I don't know how you fit him in with all the rules, the TAM, the DPs. I don't know how you would do it. But if LAFC can do it, yes, this is 100% an upgrade from Brian Rodriguez. I like Cristian Tello a lot. Uh, he actually saw his first minute minutes in the first division under Pep Guardiola. Uh -huh. That's how good he is. And he's actually the kind of winger that is very good on the attack, but it's also a kind of a box-to-box -box player. That's why Manuel Pellegrini liked him so much at Betis, because yes, he can dribble, he can assist, great crosses, but when it was time to just pull back and defend, he was also very, very effective doing that. Now, uh, there are several moves that still LAFC are doing mid-season. Not a lot of people uh, understanding most of them, but let's go with this. <laughs> Mamadou Fall, this is another good move. This is confirmed by the club. Mamadou Fall leaving LAFC on a loan, joining Villarreal in Spain's first division. Fall saw his minutes diminish once Giorgio Chiellini arrived. He started 13 games for LAFC this season, and he's only 19 years old. He's a good player, man. He's a very good player. It's sad to see him leave, but this is a win-win for LAFC. Um, it's a loan, so he gets a chance. It's a win-win for him as well. For, for of course, you're going to well. play first division with Villarreal. You get to try to prove yourself in the first division with Villarreal in La Liga, and if you could potentially do something, more players will see this, and it's good for advertising for LAFC. It could continue to be a place where you can be a, it can be used as a springboard, as a platform to bigger and better. And it just increases their brand. Uh, it, it was very clear when LAFC started making all these moves that it's a, a, a win-now mentality. Yes. Right? And, and, and maybe Mamadou Fall is a casualty of that because his minutes started declining. He wasn't seeing as much playtime as he did starting the season. And even last season, he spent part playing with Las Vegas and also playing with LAFC. But he's a big talent. And if he's getting that experience... In La Liga, first division with Villarreal, who's not... I mean, Villarreal is not fighting for relegation. No. This is a European club we're speaking of. So I think it's a great, great experience for him at his age. And if he can have this platform, as you said, it's a win-win for LAFC and the player. Now, I have it right here. That's nine in-season moves for LAFC. They're the league's best record. But do you worry that all these moves are probably, maybe will be a problem in terms of how the team will mesh from here on. Chemistry is what you were going off, right? Am I worried with their chemistry? No. I, I, I think there are 
80% of Major League Soccer teams today that would love to have the problems that LAFC is having right sure. now. If this is a problem. Yeah. Can it be a problem? Teams would trade this type of problem. Better talent? I would love that problem. That's what the majority of GMs are looking around and saying right now. It's not chemistry that I'm worried about with LAFC. It's the expectations because mm. this is a team mm. that's been here before. They've been on the cusp of a supporter shield. They've gotten a supporter shield. They've been the favorites for MLS Cup. And what has happened? Failed. Fell short. Yeah. They fell short. Anything short of MLS Cup this season, anything short, is a massive failure for LAFC. I do not recall seeing a more stacked team in my time in modern era in Major League Soccer that has not lifted the trophy, and we've not said it's a failure. And this could not be an excuse. If they don't win the league, right? If they're not champions by the end of the season, no one could argue, well, Chiellini, Pale, Rodriguez leaving, Tejo coming in. It's not an excuse. We haven't even uh, talked about Buanga yet because he haven't. he's, he's, he's going to be a designated yeah. player and he hasn't played yet for LAFC. It's the opposite because, and I believe they'll win, right? I think LAFC are playing so well. They're stacked. But at the same time, I do worry a little bit with all these moves mid-season, right? If it, if, 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 it's, if it ain't broken, don't fix it, right? Is that how you say it? If it ain't broke, don't fix if it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they're trying to fix a lot of things, they're, and they're adding very valuable parts. But we, st we still have to see Chiellini starting regularly, Bale starting at all, to try and find out how this chemistry eventually will translate to the playoffs. Listen, you can always get better. And John Thorrington is not only aiming for MLS Cup, he's aiming for a CONCACAF Champions League. So I get the idea of wanting to get better. If you can get better, why not get better? That's a winner's mentality. I applaud it. But with that comes the expectation. Yeah. And you cannot fall short, especially here in Los Angeles. There's a risk. There's a risk to everything. All right, so further, in the 110 freeway here in Southern California, the LA Galaxy also making moves, adding Uruguayan defender Martin Cáceres on a free transfer. He last played for Levante in Spain. He's 35 years old, can play every defensive position, mainly center back as of late on this later stage of his career. Are you buying her Chris Klein's moves? How do you think Cáceres will fit in this LA Galaxy team? Let me address Cáceres really quick yeah. and then I'll go to Klein. Cáceres, 35 years old, he played he started, excuse me, nine games for Levante. Not a great team, by the way, Levante. Not a great team. Nine games. There are nine games left right now for the LA Galaxy. So this is a, I need to bet on something right now. This is a Band-Aid type of move. He's 35 years old. That's why this move is for right now. And there's an option to see if he plays next season. So you're trying him out on these nine games is what you're doing, according to the reports of what the term of this contract is. It's a Band-Aid. The rest of Chris Klein's moves, you've either not hit or we're waiting to see if they hit. Douglas Costa, Cabral, we're going to see if Ricky Pooch hits, and now this. We can sit here to we're in blue in the face and talk about Chris Klein and what he's not done. And that's all good, and fans will appreciate that. But at some point, there needs to be action because I can keep mentioning Chris Klein, Chris Klein, Chris <laughs> Klein. And then the next person we mention is Dan Beckerman yeah. of AEG. Yeah. Is, why is this still happening? We go to Dan Beckerman. The LA Galaxy are a huge brand, a massive brand. 
when you talk about Major League Soccer, when you talk about teams or places outside of this market identifying Major League Soccer, and it's been going to waste. 2016, since he was appointed president, one playoff appearance, five coaches, three GMs, countless DPs and players. I mean, it's been a constant disappointment. There's just no other way to put it. And I don't get the Martin Casares signing. Honestly, I don't get it. He it's only to the end of the season, so maybe he can help you. That's fine. That's fine. You're still bringing a new face to the locker room. You're trying to create something, right? You're trying to build something for the now or for the future. Because do they really believe they have a shot at winning it all this season? I don't think they buy it, right? And, and I, I understand. I don't, I don't think they don't buy it. Well, they shouldn't buy it. No, no, no. They're not good enough. They're not the, good enough team, to win it teams all. Teams that have not been as good have won in the past in Major League Soccer. Yeah. Yes, but let me, there were not such a Major strong League teams that we have in Philly forgiving. and LAFC right now. Major League Soccer is very forgiving. I've been in those locker rooms where you're dead last and you're dead in the water and then you make a run and you're the hottest team in the league and you're heading into playoffs and everything's wiped out. It's a so different season. My biggest problem is you're bringing in a player, yes, with a lot of experience. Yes, he was a fantastic player. Long career, specifically in Italy. Yeah? Yes. He was really, really good. Played, played two World Cups, played a lot of games, over 100 games for the Uruguayan national team. He just played the team. friendlies for the Uruguayan exactly. national team against the U.S. and Mexico. But is this the message you're sending to everyone else, not only around the league, but to your own team? We don't have good enough players that we have to bring a 35-year-old guy who's in the decline, by the way. Yes, that's, because that's if he didn't help you but win, that's the, what you're going to do. But he's in the decline. He hasn't been a great player in a long time. That's get, my question. I don't, I don't believe... I don't think... He's going to be the difference between winning and losing. Let's I don't think Martin Casares is that guy. Let's get one thing straight. Just because you are on the decline from being a world-class player does not mean you're not good enough to play in Major League Soccer. People have this perception or misconception. He's 35 years old. I don't care. It could be a good piece of business if he does well for you in these nine games. And if you take a chance on him for the next season, that is something else. But if he can help you win these nine games, get into the yeah. playoffs these nine games, and maybe do something, that's, that's where we disagree. I don't believe a guy that had, but by the way, he hasn't played at club level since the April. end of May, April. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a while, and he only has nine games to go. Uh, on ESPN, a big time double header on Friday, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Great game, Austin. Hosting LAFC, top teams in the West, and followed up by one of the biggest rivalries in Major League Soccer. <laughs> the biggest. One of the biggest rivalries in Major League Soccer. Portland Timbers hosting Seattle Sounders. Both games on ESPN, also on ESPN Deportes, streaming as well on the ESPN app. Speaking of the Sounders, tough news for Christian Roldan. The Seattle Sounders and U.S. men's national team player will be out four to six weeks. Growing injury, he underwent surgery and should be available for the final stretch of the season. Now, the question, Herc, is losing all this time, is he spot in the national team in jeopardy? Of course it is. Christian Roldan might be out four to six weeks. We're about 80-some-odd days from the World Cup in Qatar. He's a bubble player. He was never that consistent starter uh, for Greg Berhalter. So absolutely his spot is in jeopardy. Um, I think he would tell you so himself. And it's unfortunate. A player, you never wish injury upon a player. 
especially a player like Christian Roldan, who, who's by all accounts a very good guy in the oh, locker yeah. room. I was his teammate in Seattle Sounders, his Swiss Army knife as a player, a very good player at the club level. He does all the right things as a teammate. And with the national team, he keeps appearing and he keeps appearing. There's a reason for it. But he was still a bubble player. And he will tell you, he probably feels uneasy about this. Do you believe he was still a big part of the team, of the national team, because of his impact as a team player inside the locker room, not necessarily because of his impact on the field? Well, his impact on the field wasn't what I don't think Greg or him would have liked. Because if not, he would have been on the field more. Yep. That's a reality. There's no coach who leaves you out thinking you can be more helpful. Um, so that leaves that door open for somebody else. Absolutely. And he would be the first one to tell you. Yeah, it's also a massive hit for Seattle Sounders who are still trying to make it to the playoffs. They want to keep uh, the, the streak alive. But it's a, it's a tough blow both for the Seattle Sounders but as well for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, Dorda Mihailovic is on the move as well. His leaving Montreal will join AZ Alkmaar or AZ Alkmaar in the Eredivisie. That's a club record deal for Montreal. Close to $6 million plus add-ons. What do you make of this move? I like it. Jordi Mihailovic is one of the most talented players of his gauge group. Um, he was my vote, my pick for MLS MVP. Uh, before the season started. And he was actually proving me right until he got that ankle injury, which forced him to withdraw from the U.S. Men's National Team camp at the time, which has taken him some time to recover. Uh, and his production has gone down. Goals, assists, but before that, he was absolutely tearing Major League Soccer a new one. He, he was that good. Uh, so this is a natural progression. He'll leave in January. Maybe the only thing I don't like about the deal, I would have loved to have seen him go pre-World Cup, maybe push his way into that national team radar, especially now that a player like Christian Roldan isn't there, there's going to be an opening. Yeah, well, speaking of the U.S. men's national team and that part of the field, the midfield position, I want to ask you about the depth chart okay. and what Greg, uh, Greg Berhalter might be looking at when, he, when it's time to decide who's actually taking the flight, who's taking the trip, who's making the trip to Qatar. And so we have a list, and you will help us out completing the list because we believe we have already five players who are a lock to make it to the to the world cup starting okay. with weston mckinney tyler adams yunus musa luca de la torre and kellen acosta do you agree with those five do i agree okay it says shirk's midfield depth chart but it's pretty much if you go by the players it's greg berhalter's depth chart like in reality it's, it's who's he's called up who's played the games etc etc uh, so yeah, I would agree those are the five. Interchange maybe one or two, either way you want. But those are the five, those are the locks. We're not gonna see any of those guys on the outside looking in, I don't feel, come World Cup time. So who's number six? All right, I was gonna ask you, you get two tickets to hand out. We have options for you. And we go back to Jorge Mihailovic, Malik Tillman with Rangers, Christian Roldan, who we just spoke of, uh, sadly injured, Sebastian Leggett, and Gianluca Busio. Two tickets for you to hand out to fill those two spots in the midfield. Okay, you've got to be present. So right now, um, Christian Roldan is not, so we have to take him off the list, right? Uh, I would go with Jordi Mihailovic for a lot of the reasons I've already stated. Uh, I, I believe in this kid's talent. I, I believe in how good he is. Um, the type of player he is in midfield gives you an honest effort, box to box on both ends, but he's very creative in that final third. So I would put in Jordi Mihailovic. 
And then I'm going to go, and this may be a surprise to a lot, Malik Tillman. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Malik Tillman, um, it would be my next player, because Malik Tillman, for one, had a conversation with Greg Berhalter and files a one-time switch from the German National, the German Federation, before this World Cup. This is my personal opinion, but I don't feel he does that unless he got a good indication that there was a possibility of actually being on that plane in Qatar. Now, watching him at Rangers, I saw I saw a little of him with the U.S. Men's National Team. You get to see how technical he is. You get to see him in tight spots. You get to see him think and interact with other players. But at Rangers, he's coming to his own. Oh, yeah. Box to box. Oh, and then yeah. all of a sudden, he's adding a, a presence to his game I didn't know he had. Set pieces. He's getting on the end of things in the air. Uh, he's being decisive. He's got this mentality about him. He's got this way of being present in the final third. I've really liked what I've seen. Even though it's a small sample size, I'm willing to bet on Malik. Looks like he's a, a more complete player than probably we thought, right? And, and the fact that he's going to play in the Champions League, the fact that he's a very important player for Rangers, tells you probably all you need to know. That's the kind of player you want, not necessarily to be a starter, right? But when you want to create competition for certain spots on the field, that's exactly the kind of player you want to have competing for this spot. Just, just to round it up, you spoke about Mihailovic, and you got him as your number seven in that midfield depth chart. He'd be my number six. Well, he was number seven on the graphic. Yeah, but you got to stick to the graphic. I don't run the You're going to do just whatever you want. you got to stick. <laughs> I you believe, stick I believe the in the kid, and I, I thought pre-injury um, he was doing well, and it's unfortunate because I would have loved to have seen nothing against, you know, Aceta where he, where he ended up, but I would have loved to have seen him um, getting that shine MVP Somewhere else? Candidate caliber-wise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And, and when we, were, we were talking about leads uh, right up until the injury happened. Sure. Uh, even, even so, uh, the Dutch league is always a great platform, right? Sure. It doesn't seem like, like, sure. like your final you're stop, seeing, your you're final seeing, destination. You're seeing players go from the Eredivisie to teams like the Premier League, like Leeds. I'm sorry, teams yeah. like Leeds in the Premier League. It could have maybe jumped a place, skipped the line. Well, if you ask Josie Altidor, who was also at Asset Altmar, it, it was, it was, it was a good... Uh, Hector Moreno as well, exactly. All right, let's run it back. We were talking about the Champions League. Josh Cohen will play in the group stage. Maccabi Haifa beat Red Star Belgrade on aggregate and are back in the Champions League for the first time since 2009. Ex-UC San Diego alum, USL veteran Orange County, Phoenix Rising, and Sacramento. 2021 Israeli Premier League Player of the Season. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah, well, did I not? Now I know. And James Sands and Malik Tillman as well. It was a really good contest. Rangers eliminating PSV in Eindhoven and with Sands and Tillman starting I'm playing 90 minutes. Let's hear from the former New York City Football Club defender, James Sands. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't had many experiences like that so far in my career, and it, it's just an unbelievable feeling. Um, and just having the guys that, that we do on the field around me, it just makes my job that much easier. So, you know, unbelievable night, unbelievable win, and, you know, on to the Champions League. Now, some massive names there, obviously, but Rangers must go on with confidence given the teams you beat last year and the team you beat tonight. Uh, I would say for sure. I, I think, you know, as you said, you look at the teams last year that we beat at home, you know, we proved we can we can hang with anyone and, and we can beat anyone. Um, so I think we'll go into the group stage with confidence and, you know, kind of uh, 
excitement about uh, testing ourselves against the best. UEFA Champions League draw this Thursday, and here we go. Group A, some already are calling it Group of Death, Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli, Rangers. For a CONCACAF. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy group. Group B, Porto, Atletico de Madrid, Bayer Leverkusen, and Bruges. Group C, oh, this is going to be nice. Bayern will host Robert Lewandowski and Barcelona. Inter Milan, that's not an easy group. No. And Victoria Pilsen, Group D with Eintracht Frankfurt, Spurs, Sporting from Portugal, and Olympique Marseille. And the rest of the groups, Group E, it's nice to see AC Milan at the top of a group at the Champions League. They also have Chelsea, Salzburg, and Dinamo. Group F, easy, easy. Real Madrid, Leipzig, Shakhtar, and Celtic. That was just to quote Divo Martinez, Argentinian, or Argentina goalkeeper. Group G, Manchester City, Sevilla, Borussia Dortmund, Copenhagen. Group H, this is a good one as well. Paris Saint-Germain, Juventus, Benfica, and back in the Champions League since 2009, Maccabi Haifa. How much do you believe and uh, the ESPN Soccer Power Index. Not much. All right, well, here we go. Which one is El Grupo de la Muerte? Group of that. It is Group A. It is Group A with Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli, and Rangers. Yeah, let me tell you something about the SPI. Uh, this is the SPI, correct? Yeah, this is the SPI. They, they, they claimed in 2018, heading into the game against Trinidad and Tobago, that the U.S. Men's National had a 3% chance of well, not making it to the Well, there's always the exception to right. the rule. Who, right. do you think, who do you think advances in this group? Which one, A? A. Ajax, Lap, uh, <laughs> Liverpool, Napoli, or Rangers? Bye-bye, Rangers. Bye, uh, Ajax? Napoli over Ajax? Yeah. I, 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 don't think, I don't think it's that clear. I think Napoli, I mean, I think Ajax still have a very, no, no, very no, no, no. good who's, team. Who's advancing? Don't say who you think. I'm going to say Ajax. Okay. Ajax and Liverpool. On Monday, we had one of the most crucial conversations every U.S. men's national team fan will have from here until the start of the World Cup, the game against Wales. Who will be the team, team's number nine? Sebastián Salazar, yes, took off some time from baseball duty to talk to one of the biggest candidates, Jordan Pifok, and ask the most important question, how do we call him? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We have guys that know how we want to play, have been in our system, and are candidates to be the number nine. So who are we talking about? We have Jordan P. Fox, yeah. who just went to Union Berlin. 
stretched here, the visitors. Becker, Sebaciu, oh. scores! It is a new striking sensation. John and Sebaciu. Our next guest here on Football America is Jordan P. Falk of the U.S. Men's National Team in Union Berlin. Jordan, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. So first things first, let's get something cleared up on your name. Because on the back of your jersey, I've seen P. Falk, I've seen Sibachu, I've seen Jordan. And if I go into the UEFA portal that's supposed to have everything official, official, it's listed as See with you, but we all call you P-Fox. So what's the story there? What should we be calling you? No, en fait, uh, tout simplement. No, it's actually quite simple. My last name is Sivachu, but the fact that I'm closer to my mom and that she's my best friend, I wanted to pay homage to her by putting P-Fox on my jersey. Nevertheless, people can call me whatever they like, but P-Fox is the most important one for me. What happened in Germany is that I couldn't use Pifok on my jersey. That's why I used Jordan, because that is the name my mother gave me. All right, so we've got the story about your name. Now I want to get the story of kind of the early days of your life, because you're eligible to play for the United States because you're born in Washington, D.C. Anybody who watches this show will know I'm from Washington, D.C., so I got to get that story. How do, you, how do you come to be born in Washington, D.C., and then have all the options to play for France, Cameroon, and the United States. To make this simple, both of my parents are from Cameroon. And my mom went to France when she was 18 years old, and then she left to the United States to live with her brother, my uncle. And that's when I was born. My mom never liked the American way of life. She always preferred the French way of living. That was why she came back to France, and that's where I was raised. That's a quick version of my origin story. All right, Jordan, now that we got some housekeeping items out of the way, let's talk about Union Berlin. First, let's start with the decision. Why Union Berlin at this time in your career? Simply because the first team that contacted me while I was in Switzerland was Union Berlin. And ever since they reached out, I got hooked. Moreover, being there in Switzerland, you get to watch a lot of German football. So I knew about the quality of the team. I knew if it was the style of play that fits me. So since that moment they reached out, I was happy because I had found a team that fits my style of play. To be honest, they weren't the only team I had contact with, but I was already hooked with Union Berlin, and that's why the transfer was completed so quickly. In a little over a week, everything was agreed, and honestly, ever since I got here, I knew I had made the right decision. I landed with a great group, and I'm really pleased. Jordan, everybody wants to come to a new club and make an immediate impact. But especially for a striker, I know you want to hit the ground running, you want to start scoring those goals. That's been the case for you at Union Berlin. Tell me a little bit about the goal in the Pokal, the semi-bicycle that you scored. That was great. It's true that the goal I scored in the German Cup was a great goal. Everything goes really fast. Andreas Blocksmer crosses the ball from the left, and I'm already running towards it, knowing where the goal is. Everything is going real fast in my head. I control the ball and shoot to where I think I could go and get it in, and it became a great goal since it was the equalizer for the team. Frankly, it was a great debut, and then I scored again in the derby. Uh, we won both games, and I hope this continues throughout the season. 
Jordan, I have to tell you a little story of this show. So this show started in around March of 2021, right? March of last year. And we have a segment on the show called Run It Back, which is basically where we look at all the Americans or Mexicans or CONCACAF players in Europe and see who's scoring goals and who's giving assists. And when we started the show, we realized pretty quickly, man, this guy Jordan Peefock is showing up almost every week in our Run It Back segment because he's scoring goals. This was probably around the time when you started to realize that, hey, U.S. fans are paying more attention to me because I'm an American eligible player who's scoring goals in Europe. Do you remember what that time was last year as you, as you felt kind of the American fan base discovering you? I think it started during my first season at Switzerland when we played against Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, we won both games. I scored two goals in the first leg and then another one in the second leg. So I think it was that moment when I started to grow within the American fan base. It was in that same moment that I started to be more in the spotlight because I started to gain more confidence and scored more goals. So I think it was those games versus Leverkusen where I think it all started. Jordan, we mentioned it, but you were eligible to represent France, Cameroon, and the United States. I'm wondering kind of what pushed you over to the United States and specifically the role that Greg Berhalter had in that decision. It's true, I could have played with either France, Cameroon, or United States, but my decision to play for the United States was real easy because I was always in contact with them, even during difficult times like in Rennes where I didn't play, they always kept in touch, they even offered to help me with courses, they were always in touch to see how I was doing, even when I was signed in Switzerland, they were the first to send me a message. So the day they called me, I accepted without a doubt. It was a logical choice. They've been with me since I was in rent, when I was high, when I was low. So for me, it was logical. It was an easy choice and is what I wanted. On the family side, that's a different story. There were other views that came more from the heart. But I'm very satisfied and very, very happy to represent the American team with this extraordinary group full of uh, formidable players with a top staff and with fans that are above and beyond. So that's why I'm very happy to play for the United States of America. I'm sure by now you've not just seen the group, but you've started to study the potential opponents a little bit. England, Wales, Iran. What do you think of the group for the United States, the World Cup? I think that we're in a group that's 50-50. It will depend on us after all. We are at the World Cup where the best teams are playing. So there's no such thing as small teams or big teams. For example, teams like Italy, who have won the World Cup, will not be present. So it's on us to maintain us serious, play the way we know how to do, and give it all during the 90 minutes. And more importantly, enjoy it because it will be the first World Cup for all of us. So we are... You have to enjoy it. I've already started to um, enjoy it, you know, so take take it one game at a time. We have a group, one that can do this, the things right, but also one that can make mistakes. Simply, it all depends on us. All right, there he is, Jordan Pifak of Union Berlin and the U.S. men's national team. Jordan, thanks for the time. Thanks for being with us here on Football Americas. Merci. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Man, that's some awesome French bicep. I mean, bicep, of course. Uh, he's had a very, very good impact on Union Berlin starting off the season with three goals. This includes all competitions, but his involvement in uh, the whole offense, Herc, it's pretty, pretty clear and pretty amazing for someone who just joined the team. 
I mean, he's a nine. Yeah. Scoring goals. That's exactly, that's that's exactly what he's what about. For. And it's not just this season. All right, so in this conversation surrounding the number nine spot for the U.S. men's national team, how is he different from every other number nine in this conversation? Did you not hear me? He's a nine. He's scoring goals. Everybody else is a nine. That's and, the difference, And they're supposed though. to score goals. They don't so score goals. So is he the goals. only one scoring goals for you? He's the only one who consistently scores ah, goals. Ah, that's the key. He's got his three goals this season for Union Berlin, which is no small thing, no small feat in the Bundesliga. Last season, he had he had 22 goals, excuse me, uh, with, with young boys in the Swiss League. Uh, golden boot in the Swiss League. It, it's not just that. It's who he scores the goals against. At Atalanta in the Champions League. Manchester United in the Champions League. I don't recall a time where we're like, man, he hasn't scored a goal in a while. I don't think this guy went more than three games without a goal. And we can go through the list. The majority of the nines in the pool, this guy needs confidence. He needs to get a goal. This guy's going through a bad moment. This guy doesn't put the ball in the back of that enough. It's been so long. But this guy doesn't. He scores goals. That's a different. All types of goals, any type of way you may think of, he's just a pure goal scorer. So he's your starter right now? No. No. I don't get it. Well, why not? Why not? That's why you're not a coach. Why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> well, why not? Because, because it's not just easy as uh, you're the nine, so score goals. Because the way you presented him, right? With the U.S. men's national team, consistent. they need their nines to do different things. Ah. And they need their nines. Greg Berhalter. And this is the reason why... Mm. Jordan Peefock wasn't a part of the U.S. Men's it's National it's, Team. It's, it's kind of a contradiction, right? To, well, you see it. You see the contradiction. No. Number nines are supposed to score. Right. And you're saying he's the one scoring with the most consistency. Yeah. But you don't start him. I don't start him because Greg Holder's not going to start him. <laughs> no, I ask you. I ask you. Josh Sargent is my favorite nine right now. And he's who would I would start because he gives you the flexibility. And this is supposed to be a Jordan Peefock segment, but it's a flexibility of what you can do uh, in the system with other players in or around you and putting the ball in the back of the net. I know Jordan Peefock can put the ball in the back of the net. Mm -hmm. I've yet to see him be flexible in the interpretation of space and the way he combines with other players and fitting in a system where you probably won't have the ball the majority of the time. He's not, he's not acquiring those skills from now until the start of the World Cup. No, but it doesn't mean he can't be part of the World Cup. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, he probably will be a part of the roster, right? But it's one thing to Maybe. be a part of the roster. It's another thing to become a starter, an important player for the squad. If you go to the World Cup, chances are you may not only play, but you may start in the World Cup. That's how it goes. Injuries happen. We're in, still in a pandemic. COVID could happen. You saw what happened in the women's Euros. Uh, rotation. Uh, illness, whatever the case may be, you may get your chance. It doesn't mean he can't be a productive player because he's a productive player. Mm -hmm. But there's obviously something missing for Greg Berhalter where he wasn't with the U.S. Mazzash team for a long stretch. And when he did come back, he had the one opportunity versus Mexico. Yes. And people still criticize him. What was your tweet? What was your tweet? What the peafuck? Yeah, that made the rounds. That, that, that became viral. You know where you can actually get to see Jordan Peefock scoring? That's on ESPN Plus this Saturday. The Bundesliga continues on the worldwide leader. Schalke 04 in Gelsenkirchen hosting Union Berlin. Gesundheit. With uh, Jordan Pifok as their number nine. 9.20 a.m. Eastern, 6.20 a.m. Pacific on ESPN Plus. So he made the move, right? And it seems like it was the right decision moving to Union Berlin and the Bundesliga. So now we, we, have, we have another, um, another exercise for you, Hercules Gomez, here on Football Americas. Uh, the transfer window 
is about to close in, let's say, a week, a little less than a week. So we still have a week to go. I want you to give me your top five CONCACAF players that should also be on the move. Who needs to move on from their clubs? All right, you ready? I'm ready, let's go. Number five, I'm going with Jonathan David. Okay, listen, my man scored 19 goals last year at Lille. He's already got two goals, two assists, and yeah. only three games Started this every year. game. Paulo Fonseca's a new coach, got him in a new position. He's not only playing as a center forward, but he was on the tip of everybody's tongue. Arsenal, Atletico, big time moves. I would love this move to be the now. He needs to leave now because I think he'd go play at a big club. But if it doesn't happen, with the way I think Canada may surprise a few, it may be in the best interest come post-World Cup. But it can happen. Now, that's why I've got him at number five. That's my number five. It's Jonathan David, uh, who's one of the best strikers in CONCACAF. He's, he's a starter at Lille. If he moves on, maybe he's not a starter. Who's your number four? Oh! El Beckenbauer de Tlanepantla, Edson yeah. Alvarez, why? You know what's crazy? Everybody was being sold or moving on at Ajax. Everybody but Edson! My man will be 25 in October. I think he's the best defensive midfielder in CONCACAF. Yeah. Tyler Adams, you're on the clock. I would love to see it because I think you both have the tremendous ability. But this player right now, I thought would have moved on. And I thought he would have followed suit to a big club 2018 was an abysmal World Cup for Edson Alves. He was very young. Yes, but it's still He abysmal. had too much on his plate. That's fine. It doesn't change the fact that it didn't go well. This could be his World yeah. Cup. He needs to move on. Numero tres. <laughs> Serginho Dest, where yeah. do I start? I mean, you almost have to feel bad for Dest. I mean, we don't first, have that much time. First the, guy, first the guy who brings you gets fired, then you get labeled a Kuman guy, and then Xavi comes in, no, no, don't worry. I value you, I want to play you. But then he says, hey, you know what? Maybe you should worry, because you got to go. A center back is playing over you. My man's got to leave, and he's got to leave soon. The word is Dortmund. That's the word on the yeah. street. He's yeah. got to leave soon, though. Time's a ticking a week away. That is my number three. We've exhausted all this talk with Sergio Dest. You already know why he's got to yeah. leave. Wasn't but even, get him out. What, number two. Wasn't even considered for the friendlies. That's no. Sergio Dest on your number three. Yeah. Number two. Oh. Keylor Navas mm. is probably the most disrespected player of our generation. Why are you looking at me? This is insane to me. Keylor Navas, three Champions League finals, lifts them, three trophies at Madrid. Thibaut Courtois, come on in. Keylor, you're out. Upgrade. Takes PSG to a Champions League final. Mm -hmm. Donnarumma come in, sit the bench while we put Upgrade. pressure on Keylor. Keylor, guess what? You gotta go. Now we don't know where he's gonna go. Probably Napoli, hopefully this gets done. But we're 80 some odd days from a World Cup and my man is the most important player for his country. By the way, the reason his country miraculously qualified for a mm. World Cup, the best defensive team mm. in Kaka, second best I should say. He need to go. Uh, number one, number no, no, no. Christian Pulisic. Christian Pulisic, I think we're both in agreement. He's going to play for Greg Berhalter no matter where he Oh is. yeah, 100%, no doubt, okay. yeah. This is where it gets tricky. Christian Pulisic, is about psyche, is about mentality. You need him feeling good. You need him feeling comfortable. He needs to go somewhere he will play so he feels comfortable, so he can do his best for the U.S. Men's National Team and for Greg Berhalter. Thomas Tuchel doesn't value him. Thomas Tuchel doesn't have that confidence in him, or he'd be playing more. That's just a reality. Coaches play who they trust. Coaches play who they think will help him. He doesn't think Christian Pulisic can help him at this moment. He needs to go somewhere he can help. It's a tricky situation because of his price tag. Tricky situation because of the name. 
What do you need to make that deal happen? You asked them a question when you had your one-on-one -on -one interview with them that Thanks I thought more. was, uh, the whole interview was excellent, Thank first you. of all. But when you asked him if he believes that Thomas Tuchel maybe still sees him as this young kid with a lot of talent, with a lot of promise, but not a reality, I think that's his biggest problem. I'm okay with number one, two, and three. I agree with you. They have to move. I do not understand why you want Edson Alvarez to leave Ajax right now. He's the man right now at Ajax. He is the guy. He is the dude. And he can still bring that to the Mexican national team. The last guy who was the man at Ajax went to Dortmund. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But he's still the guy. I, I mean, I don't see why I have to move. Same with Jonathan David. That's how it works. David. You're the man uh, and then you move. We might see Sergio Dest. Most likely we won't. With FC Barcelona playing Real Valladolid, owned by El Fenomeno Ronaldo, by the way, on Sunday, 1.20 p.m. Eastern, 10.20 a.m. Pacific on ESPN+. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Big news coming out of Mexico. There's a report that the U.S. Soccer Federation and Federación Mexicana de Football have an agreement on dual nationals. This agreement would force a player to sign a document renouncing to their eligibility to the other national team. This was reported by Gibran Araige from To The N. It all started with Alex Sendejas. We'll, we'll touch on that a bit later, but let's, let's stick to this because when we saw this report, this seems like something that's just not right. So if this is true, are you cool with it? Okay, so I don't think anybody would be cool with that. I don't, I'm sure we're gonna go down a rabbit hole of legality here, but I reached out to US Soccer who denied this report. It's not accurate, according to them. Um, so at least on the U.S. soccer side, USSF side, this is not something that they will do. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that it's not something that FMS, FMF excuse me, is implementing. That remains to be seen. If you're an FMF, federativo, directivo, uh, executive, whatever you want to That's different. Be, That's something else. You, you've got to clear that up for your people, for your fan base, for your players. Um, I don't see what you gain out of this. I, I don't see what's going on here. I mean, you're a lawyer by trade. That was your first. You could have somebody sign it, but how do you enforce it? I mean, that, that's pretty much your argument here, right? Yeah, the, yeah. It's getting into a rabbit hole. I don't even know where to go with this, but to say that U.S. soccer has denied these claims. Of course, I'm not cool with it. It's borderline illegal, by the way, to force a player to sign that kind of a document, number one. Number two, I would understand if uh, the Mexican Soccer Federation does something like that. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would be very surprised if U.S. soccer actually would agree to something like this because it just takes one player to raise their hand and go to FIFA to try and expose this kind of uh, shady practices that I, I also agree 
I don't know what's the end, the end game where you make a player sign a document like this. I reached out to uh, an agent of a player that is involved in this kind of conversations, and he also denied that this exists. This agreement between UU Soccer Federation and the Mexican Soccer Federation, he denied that this agreement exists. Again, this is a report that was made public today by Gibran Maraje, a very well-respected journalist with uh, 2DN. Uh, but in the end, right, this is compromising a lot of players and their futures once they make a choice. Who do they want to represent at the international level? Of course it is. I mean, I don't think there's a question about that. It's just especially why, why murky the waters and already very unclear situation for young players of who they are, where they want to be, what their future has in store. I just don't see what the Mexican Federation wants to get out of this, if that's the case. So this agent also confirmed that Alejandro Sendejas was asked by the Mexican Soccer Federation to sign that document. And we speak about Alejandro Sendejas because he was left out of Tata Martino's list for a friendly match against Paraguay. No Memochoa, that's fine. He's not, he's not fighting for his spot, he's a starter. Carlos Acevedo and Malagón are the goalkeepers. Defenders, no Nestor Araujo, no Héctor Moreno. Again, most likely going to be a part of the trip. Midfielders, we have some doubts. And forwards, Henry Martin, Alexis Vega, and Eduardo Aguirre, who's taking Rogelio Funes Mores, uh, Rogelio Funes Mores spot because he's injured for the next four weeks. That leads us to three questions. Biggest surprise, Herc, with this Tata Martino's roster for Paraguay. It's Jesus Gallardo. It's uh, Jesus Gallardo, who's 28 years old, uh, Monterey left back, who's not been part of Monterrey's system. It's not a starter. He's not a starter. He's played 364 minutes of the 900 available to him. So he's not a starter in Monterrey. Actually, one of the guys who could be vying for the Mexican National has been playing his position as a left back, which is Eric Aguirre. And when he does play, it's in a more advanced position. Listen, whether it's Eric, Eric Aguirre, whether it's Arteaga, who I think is probably going to be yeah. your starter at the World Cup, or it's a guy like, like uh, Omar Campos at a... Uh, at uh, Santos. Santos. I don't see what you get by bringing in Gallardo here. It's, it just seems like a mismanagement by Tata. Yeah, I would go with uh, Uriel Antuna as my biggest surprise. And I know his being a part of a lot of Tata Martino's rosters, uh, even for World Cup qualifiers, yeah. but he hasn't been great. I mean, he hasn't been himself uh, ever since he moved to Cruz Azul. He's been very, very inconsistent. I actually wanted a combo with Roberto El Piojo Alvarado. Both were supposed to be the backup wingers for the Mexican national team. But I just do not do not see the performance by Uriel Antuna, probably because Cruz Azul is not doing great and he's a part of that. But I just don't see the merits on what Tata Martino has seen in him to keep on calling him up. That's probably every time he wears that jersey and he plays, he seems to produce for them. Not, not as of late. I mean, his, his numbers with the Mexican national team are, are pretty crazy. So you're fine with Real Antuna and the Mexican national team? Yeah. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't been. He was good consistent. a couple of years ago. That's we haven't seen anything. That's, no. not, that's just not surprising. We anymore. haven't seen anything from Uriel Antuna as of late. All right, that was our biggest surprise. Now let's go to biggest snub. Herc, 
It's Arturo El Ponchito Gonzalez. This man is on a tear. Four goals, five assists, and those goals are golazos. That picture's not great by Ponchito. It, it doesn't do him justice. <laughs> I am talking about straight golazos. Listen, you, you seem to cover that a little bit Uriel Antuna, right? Yeah. Uh, they're just players who get called up. And I, I think I mentioned with Tata. They're consistent. They get called up. They're the Luis Romos, the Charlie Gonzalez, the Guardados. Jay Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez, excuse me. That no matter what they do, they seem to still be on that ballot. Seem to still be on that list. No matter what they do. And then there are other guys like Vigon and like Ponchito. Ponchito who for the life of them can't get on this list no matter how well they do, no matter how consistent they are. And he's a player that I think fits so many different systems that Tata could be well utilized by serving or by having or by at least seeing. I agree 100%. He's been not only one of the best players in Monterrey, leading the the table, one of the best players in the league. And it's not like this Mexican roster has a lot of talented players that do the things that Ponchito Gonzalez actually does for Rayados de Monterrey. My biggest snub has to be Alejandro Sendejas. He has also been one of the best players in the league so far, especially when you consider that Tecatito Corona will most likely be out of the World Cup. He plays not only the same spot, he's also left-footed playing on the right-hand side. He's been fantastic with Club America. And if the Mexican Soccer Federation asked him or forced him to sign a letter, he asked, well, if you want me to sign a letter, that means I'm gonna be a part of the World Cup roster, right? They said no. And he said, then I'm not signing anything. So I think there's confusion here. I think that letter they're asking him to sign is the one-time switch. And he's all he's within his right not to sign it. Two, it could get murky. There could be some problems. He played Ecuador. He played against Guatemala with the Mexican national team in those friendlies. Without a one-time switch, that could be something for Mexico. Uh, there, there's something there that I think is not clear. A lot of confusion. Mexican Federation will do well to clear some of that stuff up. Yeah, but they're not going to do it. Now, let's go with the player that needs to prove himself with this call-up for the Paraguay game with Tata Martino. Who's your candidate? Uh, It's Luis Chavez. Now, hear me out for a second. It's very easy to say, what? Wait, Rodolfo Pizarro, he's got to prove it if he wants to go. But I think Luis Chavez can go to the World Cup. Like, oh, yeah. No, 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 listen. Like, actually make the World Cup and be an impact player in the World Cup. I I think he can end up playing, which is why this type of game versus Paraguay is so important to a player like Luis Chavez. You could literally punch your ticket into a World Cup. He's given players, hey, you could play your way out of a World Cup. Like that type of chance, your last chance. Well, this is play your way into a World Cup, which is why it's Luis Chavez. Dual box-to-box player, a, a very cultured left foot, set-piece specialist, honest effort. Like He's one of my favorite players right now in Liga Mekis. I think he can play the role that Luis Romo was used to play for the Mexican national team, and he's yeah. playing better. For me, it's el Nene Beltran. Nene Beltran has been actually really good once Victor Manuel Bucetich left <laughs> Chivas. He's a, he's a starter. He plays almost every game, every single minute for Chivas. He's... Hey, hear me out. Alexis Vega right now is not the best Chivas player. That's El Nene Beltran. That's how good he's been. And the position that he plays at. Also, question mark for the Mexican national team. Now, I do not think in the end that he will be a part of the team that travels to Qatar. But if there's any kind of, and I, I mean, knock on wood, but there's an injury to an important player, Nene Beltran is one of those guys that can actually make an impact on Tata Martino's squad. This is probably his last chance 
to show that he can be a part of the Mexican national team. Speaking of, let's run it back. Hey, Raul. Raul is back on the score sheet. Raul Jimenez started playing Carabao Cup against Preston. There he is, the tap in to convert and the pirate celebration that is now becoming a thing for Raul Jimenez. Yeah, it's that little uh, headgear that he wears, turns it on his side. It looks like a little pirate eye patch. Preston North End, doesn't matter where they are, who they are. You play, you score the goals. Up next. In a few minutes, I gotta run. I'm calling Tijuana versus Santos Laguna. Up next on ESPN Deportes, also available here on ESPN Plus. The pregame actually just started kickoff at 7.05 Pacific on ESPN Deportes. Great news for San Diego Wave. They have announced that they have already sold over 27,000 tickets for their when they open up their new stadium versus Angel City FC, Herc, that's a record for the league. San Diego making waves. <laughs> Tied for first. And uh, here's what Alex Morgan had to say about this. It's, it's awesome, honestly, because just to see the growth of the NWSL and women's soccer in the U.S. Um, and then add that with the ambitions of this club. Um, it's just really exciting to be a part of this club. And at this point in my career, um, there's not a lot of things that really wow me, but this is a big wow moment for me. It's hard to say like one thing that I'm looking forward to the most because you have a beautiful new stadium. Um, you have hopefully 32,000, a, a sellout crowd of 32,000 people um, chanting and cheering for the San Diego Wave. Um, San Diego's only um, Division I professional women's sports team. Uh, you have um, a rivalry heating up between Angel City and us. And, um, and you just have like ambitions and goals becoming reality and how hard this club has worked on breaking that attendance record and finally being able to achieve it. So I think there'll be a lot of emotions, but at the end of the day, we need to win our game. That's Katia Castorena with an interview with Alex Morgan. Diana Ordonez, we talked Diana Ordonez on Monday, and now she scored her 11th goal of the season. She's continuing that rookie record, was this tying Sophia Smith? Watch out, Alex Morgan. What, Alex Morgan won ahead. Diana Ordonez, what a season. Yeah, spectacular. 11th goal of the season for Diana Ordonez. And this is actually a great, great finish. Look at the header. Close angle. Good finish. All right, the Bundesliga continues on ESPN+. Plus. Bayern Munich playing Borussia Mönchengladbach starting 12.30 p.m. Joe Eastern Scali. on Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. And Seb had a conversation with Joe Scali, and he asked him, what do you have to do in order to make your way to the World Cup? This is what he had to say. I think just consistently playing how I am, getting playing time, you know, Keep playing games, keep starting, and uh, you know, keep performing like these last three games. I've okay, had. Okay, you know, okay. Tomorrow will be also a big test. You know, a good uh, not tomorrow. Uh, uh, Saturday against Bayern will be a big test. So if I can show what I could do again against them, uh, you know, hopefully that gives me an extra boost. What is it about you and Bayern? Your debut, you I think going up against you know some of the best players in the world out there on the right wing, and, and you held your own. So um, you know, what what is it for you about that club that seems to bring out the best in you? I think it's just, it's Bayern Munich, you know, you watch them growing up your whole life, you you watch them every week, so you know basically what the players are going to do every time. 
so I know if whether it's Sané's going to go on his left foot. I, I've been watching him week out. I know what he's going to do. So it just helps you. It gets you so motivated for these games because it's the biggest game of the season. You know, you're driving into the Allianz Arena. It's all lit up red. You see all the fans. You know, it just gives you that extra that extra pump to, to do everything in this game. Uh, you mentioned Sadio Mane. I mean, this is this is a player that's kind of new to the Bundesliga. You might have to go up one-on-one against him. There's not a better test than that, right? If you're trying to send a message to Greg Berhalter or any manager, really, uh, it's that opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Mane is was one of the best players for Liverpool. I think he won uh, African Player of the Year. You know, he's a he's a great player. So if I get a chance to you know go in a one-to-one tackle with him, I'm gonna definitely gonna try and make the most of it. Full one-on-one with Seb Salazar on Monday right here on Football Americas. I love hanging out with you, but twice a day is too much. So thank God Seb is coming back on the show next Monday. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being with us, Jose. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming again. Thanks, hey. This was too much time Remember to download the Football Americas podcast. Ah. Hercules Gomez, Mauricio Pedrosa, thanks for having me. You can watch Cholo Santos on ESPN Deportes. Uh, and great action over the oh. weekend. We'll be back on Monday you on know, Football you know. Americas. If you know, you know. I know. I know. <laughs>